0: Good morning, everyone. With us is Alaska CEO, Anthony Malott. Good morning, Anthony.
1: Good morning, Kevin. How are you doing?
0: I am doing well. And congratulations, by the way, on the 50th anniversary.
1: Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. We've we've had a, a whole entire year of, of planning and diving into our history, and it's been fun. There's a, a lot of stories to tell. There's a lot of understanding to build about that history, and we've, we've found some nuggets of information that I think will just really be the reason to celebrate is that the next 50 years we're ready for, we have our values, we have our history, and you know we, we know how to make the next 50 years more successful than the past.
0: And what's one of those nuggets you'd like to share today?
1: One is that we celebrate 50 years, but the real history of Sea Alaska is the 10,000-plus years of the Klinket and Haida and Simshian people living in southeast Alaska, the strength of understanding place, knowledge of our environment, the values we've built, the wisdom that's passed along, and that, you know, 50 years in comparison to 10,000 is so minor. It just makes us reflect that this is all a continuum and all we can do at this point is use the best of, of that ancestral wisdom to make a better future. And it just allowed us to really dedicate ourselves to that future.
0: And in terms of now, you've got your annual shareholder meeting later this week. How can people attend?
1: Is an in-person event in Juno. Uh, we are being very COVID-aware. We'll have COVID precautions, and we'll send reminders out to Juno-based shareholders in the coming days. Uh, it will also be live and virtual to be able to to attend virtually as well. So both options.
0: Very good, and it and. Uh... I understand the financial report is made during the annual meeting. What can folks expect?
1: Well, I, I hope I hope we've been very open and transparent about the financial report up to this moment in time. You know, we're going to reflect on it again is just you know, not just the results of twenty twenty one but the results of the last five years have have shown that our commitment to values and and operating in businesses that tie to our values and the strength of our people can lead to lead to financial success. It's just an opportunity to reflect on that again, because of the confidence it gives us in continuing to follow that path, continuing with the strategies we have just to push for even continued growth in our financial performance and so that's that's the story we will tell. We've highlighted the 61 million in net income that was created in 2021. It comes from all of Sea Alaska's three significant income sources, uh, and so the financial strength is there. We've highlighted that, but the the story that that our shareholders listen for is how is that benefiting them, and so we highlight the continued growth and in both dividends and broad shareholder benefits at the same time you know 28 million in, in shareholder benefits in 2020 26 and a half in 2021 these are numbers that are unique in in CL Alaska's history and and we want to continue to be as effective as possible with our shareholder benefits
0: and you guys had your distribution last month too uh, how did that do
1: oh the distribution has continued at a level in in total it's it's close to 20 million dollars annually so total dividends in 2021 were 19 million and we continued on a on a strong path where we are creating a stable dividend that shareholders can rely upon uh, and use the opportunity with our continued growth and our businesses and our investments to, to grow that. It doesn't grow every single year, but I think over the long term, we have a plan that, that stability in our dividend is a priority. We know it's a priority of our shareholders, and we'll work on that along with continuing to grow other shareholder benefits that that we hear about from our shareholder base.
0: And so tell us about that long-term vision, because I understand you're looking into seafood and hydrosciences. Yes,
1: yes. And the, the the vision we've laid out is, is simply one of focusing on ocean health. And so when you think of the seafood business and hydrosciences, which is just, Effectively, environmental services in the marine environment, the opportunity to do geotechnical engineering in the uh, in the ocean that provides the opportunity to, to develop offshore wind as a renewable energy source. Uh, help us combat climate change, knowing that climate change is absolutely the biggest factor in addressing. health of our oceans. And so on the seafood side, sourcing from well-managed fisheries, um, places in the world that really focus on the health of their oceans like Alaska, Iceland, Norway, you know, highlighting the opportunity that seafood and managing the resources of the ocean for the health of the ocean is something that can create sustainable gains, uh, not only for greater high-quality seafood, but also so many other positives from managing your resources sustainably. And I think that's the point that it brings it back to you know, taking talking this global ocean health vision. This vision of ocean health that everybody around the world cares about because we're all being affected by climate change. But knowing that ocean health means so much to our people here in in Alaska, in southeast Alaska, and the changes that we see and the management that our people have utilized, indigenous stewardship for over ten thousand years, how do we how do we take that local knowledge of indigenous stewardship and, and support both resiliency in our local communities, but also share that knowledge to address global, global problems. So it's just an exciting mix of, of taking a global view and the local view and just being curious about how, how far we can take this to, to make positive change, um, you know, across the board on our business side and on the shareholder benefit side.
0: So more than just a financial venture, it's reflecting the corporation's values, would you say?
1: A hundred percent. The values underlie both the business efforts and of course the shareholder benefit efforts. And it's, you know, some people try and separate the opportunity to use values in in terms of of business and corporations and financial performance. Uh, we think there's so much opportunity to prove that it that businesses benefit from values and you know commitment to those values, commitment to. Things like ocean health just as much as as an individual or a nonprofit or, or anything else, and they can use that commitment just for better decision making, um, better performance, better delivery of services, more problem solving, and that's really what what is going to make a difference. As we really start addressing climate change, is the ability to problem solve, and so we've really ingrained these values to be lived on a daily basis within our businesses. And, and we've seen that it does lead to better decision-making and, and problem-solving and our businesses are benefiting from that. So it's, a, it's an exciting pathway to, to continue to move along. You know, we really think we're, we're just at the beginning. Uh, the growth opportunity for these platforms is, is exciting uh, we We want to be measured we want to reflect you know humility and the ability to to understand that our effort alone is not going to make the biggest difference in the world so we need partners as well. We need to grow those partner lists and and that's what we're out there doing
0: and so coming back on the agenda for the annual meeting, I saw that there are was something I don't think I've seen before, the Clarence Jackson Awards. Could you tell us about that?
1: Yes. The language fund that the board authorized um, a few years ago really reflected the priority of revitalizing our indigenous languages uh, from our shareholder voice. And so starting with the ten million dollars that is funding about five hundred thousand annually to language projects across, you know, the region and you know, even broader, uh, we really want to, to carry and honor those that are working in that community, the language learners, the language teachers, and this was one way with the awards, to to really continue to recognize the work that is being done and the work that needs to continue to carry forward.
0: And you'll also be naming a youth advisor. Now, could you explain that position to folks who may not be aware?
1: Yeah, I I believe we are still the only Alaska Native regional corp that has a youth seat on the board that attends all board meetings. They have a seat at the table, they have a voice, they can weigh in on, on issues. They don't have a, a vote, but they do absolutely have a say in the voice and an understanding of all the issues that the board discusses. It's an opportunity to grow, build leadership capacity, the understanding of, of the issues that our shareholders care about that we face at Sea Alaska, uh, you're really exposed as uh, a youth. And, and youth is, you know, it's been kind of a, a early career position. So 18 to 25 is is the age group that it's open to. And we really want anybody interested in, in, in kind of, just adding to their own growth to to learn more about the opportunity, and we've always just had fantastic uh, applicants. And and every year, it's a hard harder and harder choice to choose who is selected. But just happy that uh, we've been engaged with so many positive board youth advisors. We keep in touch with all of them. There's kind of an alumni cohort of of individuals that that we get together with um, on an annual basis and keep in close contact with. So it's been a very, very positive program that our board is, is very proud of. Click it and Hide also has a, a youth uh, executive council member, and, and so we're happy to, to share the reflection of, of making sure that we have a younger voice at the table in all of our deliberations as, as something that is positive and brings strength to us.
0: And so you'll get to figure out your next one at this meeting.
1: Yes, we will. It's a one year position and it starts and ends at our annual meeting every year. So we have both a celebration of the year we spent, um, with the last board youth advisor and recognition of the next one coming on, so uh, always a, a fun moment at our annual meeting.
0: And we'll keep talking about the annual meeting after the break. Stay tuned. We're back with Sea Alaska CEO Anthony Milot. So, Anthony, at this election, well, at this shareholder meeting, there will be elections. My apologies, getting ahead of myself there. And. In this year's election, there's this blood quantum question. Uh, Tell us about that.
1: Yes, it's, it's called the blood quantum vote, but it is an amendment to our descendant share class that was first put forward by shareholder votes in 2007 that allowed for descendants of original shareholders born after 1971 to get a to become Sea Alaska shareholders. And in terms of kind of thinking back to the fifty year history of ANXA, we know they did not get everything right in nineteen seventy one when putting forward that legislation. There's been amendments to ANCSA throughout the fifty year history. There will continue to be amendments to ANXA Make it more appropriate to honor the native people that we serve. Um, make sure that the the whole act itself represents the priority of the indigenous land, protection of that land. Uh, there's there's so much work to continue to be had in terms of of addressing things that Anksa missed. Um, but one of them is is that yeah, you know, that cutoff date was just so arbitrary. And so
0: the okay, arbitrary on, on the establishment of ANXA? Yes. Oh, okay.
1: Not on not only on the establishment, but those the the at the moment in time in nineteen seventy one that there was no solution to what happens to those born after. So the 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 ones born in 1972. Yeah, you know, the ones that, you know, siblings had shares and some siblings didn't have shares. There was there was an inequality in that. And that was addressed um, by giving Alaska Native Corps the opportunity to create descendant class shares. And so that that was put forward in 2007 and and this history is good because this is this is a topic that you can't just you know give one liners to. It's, it's an important topic to to go all the way back to the root cause issues that that we are addressing, and so <clears throat> I highlight that the shareholder voted on allowing the descendant stock, and it was very similar to the reasons we're expressing in this current vote on an amendment is that, you know, there were issues with the original act that we just need to address. It doesn't work for us anymore. And and we want to make a change. And at that time it was, you know, there's a whole set of uh, Tlingit Haida and Simshian people that, you know, were left out and not becoming shareholders. And we had data that, that through gifting, uh, we weren't seeing as much gifting as expected. And there were shareholders, there were eligible shareholders, um, descendants that were not shareholders for the better part of their lives. And so this was a moment to include more shareholders. Uh, it's gone great over 15 years. Uh, we've brought on um uh, 6,000-plus additional descendant shareholders. And so the opportunity to to look back again and and say, are there additional changes we need? The one we heard from our shareholder voice was that there's ever-growing more people that continue to be left out because of the blood quantum eligibility and so that's the amendment that is being voted on is to remove the one quarter blood quantum eligibility from the shareholder descendant class stock eligibility. And so any lineal descendant, you'd have to still prove lineal descent, um, but not have to prove a quarter blood quantum can become a Alaska shareholder. In our mind, it's opening the door to more shareholders that were left out or not included for reasons that just don't continue to make sense. And so we've had a lot of conversation with shareholders. There's obviously pros and cons on both sides of this. Uh, We believe the pros outweigh the cons. We are going to really try and mitigate the cons with just understanding them, letting shareholders know that we're listening and we have strategies to offset any of the negatives that may come from removing this blood quantum. And the bulk of it is around dilution of shares, but we face dilution from the original shareholder descendant vote, vote, and I think we can address it adequately. And so it's an exciting opportunity to take this step. Uh, we still honor our original shareholders and in, in many ways, special elders' dividends, special elder stock. Uh, they've received the bulk of the distributions um, on an annual basis. And so um, we really listen to all of the voices, and we have opportunity to continue to address this issue going forward.
0: And I had saw your shareholder committee had recently approved of the of the question. Well, what 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 impact does that have?
1: That's just the the, the shareholder participation committee is just an extended uh, opportunity to hear from our shareholder voice shareholder base, and so you know having this extra group of folks that, that have cared enough to be engaged with Sea Alaska, debate this issue, you know, listen to the pros and cons, have their own conversations, and then come to the same side of the the debate that Sea Alaska board has with a yes vote on the amendment. Um, it's just positive to express what we believed and what we were hearing from our shareholder vote voice that this is a priority for our shareholders. And so it, when we take on anything, understanding the general voice of our shareholders is important. So we've done, we've had surveys and conversations for over a year on this subject. And in fact, the, the conversation goes all the way back to the beginning of ANCSA and really was elevated into 2007 when the descendant vote was taken. So lots of conversation on this. And and again, we believe the general shareholder voice is in favor of this amendment. And those that have concerns will ad- continue to address those concerns.
0: And so for the election, if uh, folks have not voted yet, how, how can they vote?
1: Online voting, voting has been really popular. We've made it as easy as possible. You should be able to go to MySeaLaska.com. There's an election connection uh, opportunity. Um, you can get your information, and you will get passed to the private voting site uh, pretty easily, and you can vote online all the way up to Friday, this Friday, at 5 p.m. is the online voting cutoff. There's still an opportunity to get paper proxies in all the way up to the day of the annual meeting this Saturday. Uh, But online voting has has been uh, one that that shareholders have been using and is is very easy and effective.
0: And so, Anthony, as we're coming to a close here, we had celebration here in Juneau this month. How did it feel? (laughs) You got a new oh, campus I, in front of your building.
1: <laughs> that to, to start celebration with, with the canoes landing, with the opening of the arts campus, with the words of our culture bearers, knowing that there's progress, that there's recognition of our past, carrying our languages forward, our arts forward, our dance, our song, our regalia, our atu. And then seeing it all at celebration, you know, lived out with the the pride of the dance groups and seeing the smiling faces of the youth as, as they're dancing on stage and hearing the comments of how much folks needed this time, uh, it was it was very fulfilling. I'll say that. You know, of course, it's a COVID interrupted celebration. We had less dance groups, you know, more precautions in place. Uh, we have to really be aware that COVID is still with us. And but it gave us a sense that as we move out of the pandemic and move forward to regular times, that celebration is just such an important time period for all of us and it's a it's a window into our history that creates a lot
0: of pride and i've been told that after the after one's over planning for the next one begins right away
1: that's right it's not (laughs) there's so many details to to figure out and you know, if you're the lead dance group you want to get started right away because it's a moment of pride to be that lead dance group and and really prepare and want to reflect on how much work you know the wrangle dance groups did to to lead celebration this year it was it was a great honor to see them on stage
0: indeed well thank you very much anthony for calling in today and also uh, If there's a remark you wanted to give, Juneteenth was yesterday.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for that. Yes, Sea Alaska is taking a holiday today, the 20th, in reflection of of that special day honoring all of our Afro-Indigenous shareholders and honoring a unique moment in time that reflects justice, civil rights and makes us all not only look back but reflect on what is happening today and what needs to continue to happen and it's so similar to the work that the A and B and the ANS does and we do on a daily basis that you know supporting civil rights wherever the action is taking place is something that we want to do we highlight the fact that June is Pride Month, you know, the whole concept of di- um, diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's a value in itself that is powerful. It's helping see Alaska at this moment, and we want to continue to live into that uh, at moments like this where we can just reflect a little bit and continue to grow and support uh, equality wherever it's needed.
0: And thank you for sharing this moment with us, Mr. Rolot.
1: Yes, thank you very much. Have a great day, Kevin.
0: You too. And that's the program. Join us tomorrow as we speak with Capital City Fire and Rescue. This is Kevin Allen for Action Line signing off.